Hey guys, so um, we're already on our fourth episode of the Bigger Than Me Changemakers series um, and this one is really, really special. It's with uh, the founder of uh, Hashtag Our Stories, Yusuf Omar. Yusuf and I have been chatting for a very long time uh, around the impact of storytelling within the social impact space. They have a very unique and incredible platform that they've created, empowering um, people all over the world to tell their stories with their their cell phones it's called mobile journalism um, and we're going to be working with Yusuf uh, a lot more with various organizations to help tell their stories and their, their purpose-led initiatives uh, a lot better and, and more authentically so without further ado here is my chat with Yusuf Omar enjoy Yusuf how are you doing Good. I'm so excited to catch up with you, Greg. I know it's been it's been a while. Um, I like the I like the ginger ginger cat on your head. I was just telling you um, we got a new cat and it jumped on my head the other day when I was in a rather important new client meeting, which was a good icebreaker, I guess. When I jump into meetings with a cat on my head, or if I've got like you know tattoos on my face, or uh, even if I suddenly make my hair purple. It often uh, confuses people who we're talking to, but it, it's actually a really important part of our digital media strategy. And I'm excited to talk, talk to you a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I've even got my, my first person glasses on, you know, so I'm trying to keep up, man. Um, but uh, yeah, so obviously, um, you know, I'm really excited to, to be chatting to you today. And, you know, we've, we've just... Um, decided we, we're going to start working together from a storytelling point of view within South Africa up into, you know, Bigger Than Me has always been doing a certain style of storytelling and helping brands with their purpose-led strategy and, and how they communicate with their audiences around the good work that they're doing. Um, and you guys have always had a very unique um, storytelling perspective, particularly from a mobile uh, mobile first and, and, and journalistic point of view. Um, so just, uh, just give us sort of the elevator pitch on, on what it is you guys do and, and exactly, um, because it is a very new space. You guys haven't been around for very long, but you are growing massively, uh, very quickly. Um, and it's, it's, it's incredibly exciting. Thanks so much for the opportunity. So hashtag our stories is a video publisher. We publish stories about people positively changing the world, but we don't deploy film crews around the world or big expensive cameras. We assist communities on the ground how to tell their own stories with mobile devices and with wearable camera glasses. And sometimes that assistance is a shot list or a storyboard, and sometimes it's an augmented reality feature like these flowers that are flying around me right now. Yeah. But all of it designed to help people on the ground tell amazing stories. And we've got a bunch of different shows uh, that we publish every day in that space. Okay, so I, I just want to give everyone a little bit of you know, just how big this has actually got for you guys. So, you know, like in 2019, you had over a billion views um, across all of your channels and that's Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok. You're in 140 countries um, and you've got over 10,000 storytellers. So, so what does that actually mean when, when you say you've got 10,000 storytellers? Are, are those people that you've trained up, that you've empowered? 
to be able to do storytelling through their phone? How does that, how does that actually work? Yeah, exactly. So I think unlike some other digital media companies that rely heavily on existing user-generated content, we, we think that's kind of boring, right? If, if you publish a video that's gone viral and I publish a video that's already gone viral, what incentive does a consumer have to go to either of our platforms to watch that? In fact, they could probably watch it themselves on Twitter because it's already gone viral. Yeah. Um, so we're not interested in existing viral videos. We are helping people on the ground who haven't told stories to tell stories. So in the first few years of our growth, that looked like myself and my co-founder, Samea, personally traveling to countries and training communities. And we traveled all over the world from South Korea to here in Australia, training people how to tell stories. And that's when we built this really big network of these 10,000, what we call mojos or mobile journalists. Today, we're moving way beyond that network. We've done some other interesting training programs. We've just worked with Facebook and ICFJ, and we've trained another 10,000 African content creators across 40 different countries. But now we're really focused on everybody, even outside of our network. Uh, so it's about step one, identifying incredible stories absolutely anywhere in the world, solutions-based stories. Here's a problem in society and here's somebody making it better. Step two is getting in touch with those individuals um, and seeing if they're interested in telling a story with us. And step three, if they are, it's about distributing incredible storytelling toolkits to help them make engaging videos with their mobile phones. We then have a team of journalists, producers, motion graphics designers who package that from a citizen story into professional quality journalism. We then take those shows and we put them out on various uh, shows that we run every day. And we have a bunch of different shows. So, so what, I, what I really like about this is that, that the stories are coming from people literally on the ground and it's from their perspective, how it's impacting them directly. It's not, it's not told by some third party big media house. Um, and I know you've had a lot of pushback from the, so, the so-called big publishers out there. Um, and we've had a couple of chats, you know, about that previously, but what, what, is, what is some of the pushback and why, why, first of all, why is there that pushback? And, and why is it so important that these stories are told from, from firsthand user experience point of view? Yeah, 100%. You summed it up really well. Our stories are real, raw, and we really believe reality is the new quality, right? We're not speaking to the president and the, and the spokespeople of, of brands. We're speaking to the communities and people on the ground that are being impacted by this amazing work. So I think when you look at the kind of uh, fear, if you will, around mojo, mobile journalism, and this revolution of people uh, with mobile phones, on some level, it's very fair, right? We, we really, people really worry about two things, quality of the content and whether it's factually accurate. So starting with the quality first, for the longest of time, media organizations and, and agencies have had an obsession with production quality, right? Everything should be cinematic, 4K, on a tripod. Let's shoot it with the latest red camera and have all the best lights and all of that. And that was great. But we have reached a point where on social media, young audiences actually often value things that look real and authentic and edgy and, 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 and more like something that their friend could have made. So there's been a huge shift there. And we see that time and time again on our shows. We've tried doing the professional cameras. We've tried doing the, 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 the full, all of the tricks in the book. And we've also tried the selfie style storytelling. 
And by and large, our audience resonates with the selfie style story storytelling because it looks real and it looks authentic. So that's the one, there's, the, there's this production value. And even on the production value front, that's changed. Today, we all often have a 4K camera in our pocket. We're all able to shoot high quality footage, which is indistinguishable to the average consumer or human eye to the bro big broadcast camera. So that's the first thing, it's the production qualities. And I think if you understand that one, audiences actually care more about the story than they do about the camera quality. And two, the camera quality is actually as good as many of the cameras that you're using and paying a lot of money for, that goes away. The second consideration outside of production quality is the issue of authenticity and fact-checking and validity of these stories, right? A lot of people fear, hey, people with mobile phones, that's the greatest threat to democracy. How are we gonna tell if their stories are real or fake? Here's another way I would think about it. Do you trust one professional broadcast camera from, I don't know, the SABC or, or a major news organization telling me that this building is on fire? Or do you trust thousands of people with mobile phones all documenting the same fire and us being able to verify those individuals? I personally trust thousands of people or with mobile devices because I can authenticate that they're real human beings. I can verify that they, that they were at that location at that time. And for me and for, for hashtag our stories, more angles on a story is more perspectives and more perspectives hopefully gives us a better uh, idea of what's really going on. Yeah. And more perspective is uh, exactly like, like a far broader, far broader story that isn't necessarily edited within a, in a, in a short space of time that needs to fit in between commercials um, and any particular agenda of the of that that publisher whether that's left right or exactly, whatever, right. whatever that and might be just speaking to that point like imagine if we're working with a, a, a an organic food brand i can hear the the vice president or even the the, the communications officer tell me that all of the products are organic that we don't use any chemical products when we're, when we're making these crops. And yeah, that's fair enough. But, you know, they're sitting in an office in Sandton. Or I can hear directly from the farmer on the ground mm. who tells me about their lives and tells me about how that they've, 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 they've grown these crops this way for hundreds of years. And they're not doing it because it's hipster or because it's the in trend. They're doing it because that's how they believe that the, the land should be, should be mm. farmed. That's the story I'm going to believe. That's the story I can relate to. I, I want to hear the farmer's story, not necessarily the, 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 the communication officer. Yeah. And that's, and that's such an important thing there where, where that sort of leads into, you know, why we've decided to um, join forces is because that's how we've always seen storytelling anyway, is, is actually, particularly when it comes to brands, is, is actually getting the stakeholders or the benefactors that are of, of that initiative or of that, whatever it is, um, that product that's been produced, whatever it is, to tell the story from their perspective. And, and that's far more powerful than anything else from, from you know, um, any sort of other video content that might come out that's kind of led by the brand, so, so to speak, you know? It is. So, so just on that point, there's, there's mm. one aspect that's giving us access to that voice. Yeah. And that's important. But then sometimes organizations often overestimate how much the viewer actually cares about the micro story. The challenge for organizations like us and, and what we do really well together is the ability to take that micro story on the ground, the grassroots story, and make it highly engaging, make it highly watchable. It's one thing to give access to the, to the grassroots movement and say, hey, here's this perspective. 
But the real challenge then becomes, okay, now let's make it super entertaining. Now let's make it watchable. Let's get that video to go viral. And I think that's what, uh, where, the, where the real secret source lies. Yeah, exactly. So, so from your perspective, how, how have you seen brands jumping on in terms of your, your offering? Um, you know, if I, was, if I was a brand who was keen to try and, um, I mean, I think, I think you, you know, like from what I've seen from our perspective, you know, six, seven years ago when we were banging on about purpose-led stories and, and business strategies, no one really had an idea or, or cared what we were talking about. Since COVID, a, a lot of brands and a lot of conversations from our perspective have changed because people are reassessing their purpose and why they do things, et cetera, et cetera. So how, how have you seen that shift um, from your perspective in dealing with particular brands and, and, uh, and how have you been able to help them um, with that? Yeah, I think you've been super early into the space and you've been standing up on a box saying for a long time that organizations need to align their purpose with their profits, right? They need to be yeah. finding ways to do social good while driving sales, while uh, running their organization. And fortunately, we now have this Gen Z uh, generation and Gen Alpha that are putting increased pressure on the organizations to do that, right? They, they will pay more for a product if they know it was uh, produced in a sustainable way. They'll pay more for a product if they know that the employees of that organization are being looked after. And we have a generation that really value that storytelling. They want to hear the story of how their goods are made, right? We have a huge amount of guilt as a, as a young generation. We have a huge amount of guilt that we need to figure out climate change. We have a huge amount of guilt that we, we, we live in a world that's incredibly unequal, especially in the South African context. Yeah. And we don't just want to know about the problem. We want to know how we can make it better. And if aligning with your brand is a way to make it better, we're all in for that. So I think there's been that shift where you have a generation of, of consumers that are saying, I will pay more for this if it's produced in the right way or if your organization is aligned with the right values. And now you're seeing those organizations that are beefing up their storytelling that are recognizing that, okay, we have been doing good for a long time in communities. We've been doing huge CSR budgets, huge CSI budgets, and maybe we haven't communicated it that well. We put it on our internal intranet or we put it to our, our local stakeholders, but we haven't told that story on social. Um, so that's happening at scale. And I think some of the early wins that we've had with, with branded content partners, we've seen huge success with the NGO sector, for example. A lot of NGOs right now want to tell stories around the world, but they are having restrictions because of COVID-19. They can't deploy film crews on the ground. We are able to help their communities that have received donations, their sponsored children and other people that have received uh, benefits from these organizations to tell their own story. So we're hearing from the ground in communities around the world about gender-based violence. We're hearing about uh, solving for droughts. We're hearing about uh, even fighting alcoholism and all these kinds of issues. Mm. Um, so that's been a really interesting space is the NGO space. We've seen a lot of interest and we've worked with a lot of incubators as well. We recently finished a partnership with Mozilla. Mozilla is the big internet browser and they were doing this campaign around fix the internet. How do we use the internet to actually make the world a better place? And we helped them create all these cool videos with all their startups to help showcase their amazing startups. We're even seeing a lot of work in the education sector. Uh, obviously, people are now having to work from home or their kids are studying from home and the ability to create video content, which will be relevant to them in their home environment. Um, there's really no limit where this can go. We're, we're speaking to uh, food brands at the moment 
that are saying, okay, how do we take the MasterChef experience and apply it to citizens at their, in their houses? Um, it's basically flipping the entire media experience on its head. It's saying, okay, we're no longer the ones holding the camera, you are. We're no longer the ones presenting the information our communities are. Uh, and, and there's something incredibly empowering about that. Yeah, I think uh, exactly. I think I think that's you know you've nailed something there. That that the you know for for organisations whether they're nonprofits or, or whether they companies or whatever it might be, if they're able to empower their their consumers and their audiences and uh, to to be able to tell the stories from their perspective. Um, the value in that is just, it's just huge, you know, it's huge. A hundred percent. And I, and we're just starting to understand it, to be honest, in terms of how big this can really get yeah. as the quality of mobile phone cameras get better, as people around the world get more comfortable telling their stories, we're going to see this point where very soon it's no longer going to be a, a kind of a niche idea that communities are telling stories with their mobile phones. It's going to become the mainstream. And, and I think brands that are investing in that space today are going to be really ready for that world. Yeah. And how are you seeing sort of, um, I know you guys are using a lot of augmented reality and uh, exactly like you, you're doing right now and, and VR and, and how important is that, is that from a storytelling point of view? Is it, is it kind of like, that's quite kind of sort of cool and gimmicky, or is or is, there, is there really obviously attention grabbing, and that has a certain element to it as well. But how important is that in engaging with uh, sort of younger audiences, like you said, Generation Z and, and that kind of thing? Because you know your audiences, you have a million subscribers, um, sixty percent of those are, are are female, and ages thirteen to twenty four is is pre your predominant audience. You know, so yeah, I mean we're growing really fast. But now, I mean, as of I gave you that data a few weeks ago, we're now on one point yeah. eight million subscribers. So, so things wow. are, are are taking off um, very quickly yeah. as we launch all of our new shows. Augmented reality is an enormous part of the future, and the yeah. investments people make in the space today are going to reward them tomorrow. The big turning point is that people are moving from engaging with their technology from their keyboards and their QWERTY keyboards and their touchscreens to using their camera. And we already see that, right? You scan uh, uh, something to pay for it when you go to a spur or to a restaurant, you can, you know, I think it's called Zap It or one of these services. But we're taking that a step further now. And I think COVID has been a huge catalyst for change in the AR space. We've seen the ability for people to try on, on, on makeup and clothing. Like right now I'm wearing a pair of hashtag our story sunglasses. Yeah. And that's enabled the retail experience to change in, in incredible ways. We've been able to work with international NGOs like uh, UNICEF and be able to ask audiences questions through their cameras. So they can poll hundreds, thousands of young people around the world through their mobile camera. Uh, I mean, even this is an example of an MTV piece of branding on, on, on my cheek. Um, another brand we worked with in, in South America was uh, went by the name of Tigo, the telecommunications brand. And, we're helping create funky assets for their audiences. Where is this going though? I mean, beyond the, the cute and funny and gimmicky stuff, I'll, I'll give you an example. We did an episode recently for a show that we do called First Person. And mm. that looked at a woman that trains rats to sniff out landmines, right? So the farmers can get their land back. Incredibly meaningful story. Yeah. And you're watching the story and then midway through, you could open up your camera and the rat was in your dining room table and you could use the rat to smell for landmines as a game. Yeah. So, we're moving from like engagement metrics of likes, views, shares, all that mm. kind of stuff 
to experience metric, to being able yeah. to immerse our audience in the space. And I honestly believe every brand right now needs to be having an augmented reality strategy. They need to be thinking about what is their camera, camera strategy going into this year. Yeah, and how they're getting their users to actually experience. I think, I think that's, that's a really important thing now. It's not just, you know, I mean, for the longest time within the digital media space is like, whether it's been like impressions or clicks or whatever it is. And it's never really resonated for me. And I think for a lot of, a lot of people um, in the digital media space and how is that going to evolve? And I think cost per experience is, is something that from a metric point of view is potentially going to start happening where people are like, what is the experience? What is the user actually experiencing you know like you've just mentioned that example now with uh, with the rats and the, and the game while they're actually part of experience watching watching that story you friends know? about that experience like we want people to experience something around a story and then use the ar to communicate that experience to their friends yeah so watch an episode like there was another episode we did with plastic in the ocean and turtles eating plastic mm. and when we looked at how it, yeah. yeah and then the ar experience was you could make your bedroom look like it was full of plastic waste and when we saw how young people use that, they basically used it to tell their friends to stop using plastic straws. Yeah. And I was like, that's so cool because you're going to trust your friends more than you're going to trust our brand or any brand. And that's where it's at, right? It's about yeah. convincing the audience to become your ambassadors to mm. con communicate your goals and, yeah. and giving them the toolkits to do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sort of goes even one step further, you know, where it's that look at me, touch me, feel me kind of experience where now you, you literally are getting people to, to watch that content, experience that content, and then what it might be like to be in that actual situation, you know, like, you know, whether the plastic is all in, in their room or whatever it is and how much that would really suck. And then, so you get that perspective of, okay, well, there's plastic all over the oceans. This is how bad it can really be, as opposed to sort of being told to you the entire time. This is this is why this is bad. But if you actually get experience from that, and with that technology improving the the whole time, it, I mean, it's going to eventually be like you're in that situation. Um, Especially once you start wearing camera glasses and you start to actually see it through your eyes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly, it's incredibly exciting. Eh? Cool. Um, Yusuf, I know, I know we don't have much time. And, uh, but I, I just wanted to thank you very much uh, for, for jumping online with me and chatting with me and talking about the, the epic stuff that you guys are doing. Um, yeah, and I, I look forward to chatting to you really soon. And good luck. Good luck with all the, all the initiatives out there. Thanks, Greg. I think uh, bigger than me and, and all the work you guys have done has, has laid the infrastructure down years in advance in terms of social good content, in terms of conscious content. Um, I'm really excited to explore all kinds of brand content partnerships, um, educating marketers about a new way of thinking about storytelling that is both social good, but also will get a lot more traction, a lot more views than everything they've done before. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the key there is actually educating people in terms of what is is the potential what can actually be done because it's so new um people aren't just unaware of, of of the potential of it you know and i think that's that's something that i'm really looking forward to um to helping uh, you know hashtag our stories with and and i think 
I think it's a, it's a very exciting space. So um, yeah, people need to watch out for it. Thanks so much. Have a great cool. day. You too, man. Chat soon. Bye. Take care.